0: Hello and welcome to the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Telfer and on this occasion, I am joined by my close associate, Sean McGuigan. Hello there. And you know what happens when the John Fashto and Ulrika Johnson of the Terrace get together. (laughs) That's right. We are taking a deep dive into the puddle of mud that makes up lower
1: league Scottish football. (laughs) But Sean, we are going to be doing things a little bit differently today. No what games. No, no, no games this week. No games this week. But but you know something? See, even before see, even before we get to uh what we are about to discuss, never mind never mind the big football news this week. It looks like you're sitting on a couch. I am and that feels on the like couch. the big news this week.
0: Yeah, that, it doesn't matter what's going on in Grangemouth, Sean. And this is the big news. Yes, I after uh, 11 weeks I got delivery of my couch and it is it is magnificent. Can't can you can't quite get comfortable enough to do this podcast with you, but to
1: sit on and watch the telly, it's good. But that's and is that the is this the final piece of, of the uh, of the home puzzle? The final piece? No. barely even started. Need to think about plants and blinds and lights
0: and stuff like that. There's so see when you go on Instagram and see what other people are doing.
1: It makes your house look like a pile of shit. But but then I I I been perhaps Instagram is just like making you feel worse about your own home. Your, your own home looks looks very pleasant. Instagram makes me feel worse about my home, makes me feel worse about my body, makes me feel worse
0: about relationships. So but that's the thing, I can't log off. That's the problem, Sean. How do how do I
1: log off? I, I don't know maybe, maybe, you know. maybe just buy some blinds and that'll make you feel
0: better. <laughs> All right, that's it.
1: That'll that'll sate me. That's I runk and then I'll just
0: feel bad about my body. But that's listen, we're going down. Maybe save that for another podcast at some point. But you know what happens when Sean and I get together? We normally talk about three games that have taken place in the SPFL. We'll look at one from the Championship, one from League One and one from League Two. But, and that's the big but as we intimated earlier, we're not going to do that because we are going to take a deep dive into... That's the second time we use deep dive. That's why I'm saying you don't read your notes properly, but I can just repeat yourself i say it again, we're going to take a deep dive for the third time into one of the most remarkable moments of the season so far, and that is the Falkirk Q and a Now, we'll get into it, Sean, uh, and, and I think what we'll do is we'll just go through it question by question. Uh, I've watched it twice now. I watched it last night, and I watched it on uh, during my lunch break. What did you make of it?
1: Uh, so, firstly, I know... Like both of us are in the privileged position that we can laugh at Falkirk oh, yes. on on late night regional television in front of an audience of dozens. However, what As I would say is, is that <laughs> what I would say is I I, I really dislike when and and it isn't just clubs that do it. Sometimes like pundits do it, and sometimes the media does it. But see when clubs try and push the blame for something onto. Yes supporters yep. or are condescending to supporters it really annoys me yep. and like I've been there in terms of uh, maybe uh, some kind of release that Wraith Rovers have had on the website less so now uh, they have done it for a while but previous board members uh, that, that aren't Wraith Rovers anymore they would put stuff on the website and they would try and push blame onto, onto Wraith fans for, for the fact that the club wasn't doing so well and don't get me wrong every now and again there might be something that does justify that for for fan behaviour However, watching that back uh, today, uh, in, in terms of what some of the board members were suggesting of the, of the Falkirk fans, and if it was an attempt to put Falkirk fans' minds at ease, I, I would suggest it, it probably done the opposite. I was, just saying- like, I would, like, I was getting annoyed at it, and I'm not a Falkirk fan,
0: obviously. I- I was the same as yourself, Sean. It's like, I think it's great fun to have a laugh at Falkirk. I really do. And the last few years have provided us both with a, a rich vein of laughter. And, and, and let's hope that continues. But I, I'm like yourself, Sean. I did draw the line when, when and we'll come on to it, the, the way that particularly two members of the Falkirk board spoke to supporters. Uh, Jenna, this was right at the start of the, 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 the Q&A, the, the way they spoke to supporters. I was like, fuck you, uh, it's like, stop blaming fans for your problems. We've seen it. You mentioned Ray Grover's certain uh, Mr. Drysdale was quite bad for it, wasn't he, for, yep. for calling it sports. We saw it uh, last week. Of uh, Yeah, Virland uh, very in much so. Virland, where where they were saying, we're going to stick by Peter Grant, but, oh, you better start being nice to us or you're not going to impress the new investors. And it's like, fuck off. It's like, I think Robert Botham have made, made the point in you for the terrace, whereas Peter Grant is for life, but fans come and go. It's not, it's all the other way around. These people are just looking after the club and to besmirch Falkirk fans like that and accuse them of creating a negative atmosphere that's putting off potential supporters, I'm not having that, man.
1: That's, that's, not, that's not on. See, uh, see if the, the only way that that statement would have been even remotely relevant is if Falkirk had actually been playing well and on the back of a poor month, the fans reacted really negatively. That is not the case at Falkirk. They have been absolutely, like somebody, somebody stood up towards the end and said, you're, you're talking about uh, requiring patience from us. We've been watching absolute dross for five yeah. years. So I, I don't think there would be a single club in Scottish football where their fans would watch absolute rubbish for five years and wouldn't boo and wouldn't it be negative. Mm-hmm. It, it, would, it would just never happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I I
0: agree with you, and I think that it was quite contemptible, and I think that this Q and A has probably done more harm than good to Volker. To I did think I saw people online saying, oh, "Why on earth has this been published? Why has been shared on YouTube?" And it's well, it's quite obvious because there's only 300 people could attend the Q and A, so to to not publish it would what what have you got to hide? And what I would say about this is I do think having watched it twice, I think this, all the best stuff is really within the first half hour or so. Yeah. And it does get a bit of a slog. You get bogged down with some fairly uninteresting questions. some A lot of repetition, I felt, with the questions yeah. where yeah. people effectively just asking different versions of the same thing. But really, all the best stuff's in the first 30 minutes. And that's exactly where we we're going to start, Sean. But... Just for context, if anyone's listened to this has never heard the Falkirk before, let's, let's bring it up to speed. They've had a, a dreadful start to the campaign. They're, it's their third season in League One, third tier of Scottish football. They're currently fifth, five points from Queen Park at, Queen's Park at the top. And that doesn't sound too bad, but they've been in dreadful form, taking just four points from their last six matches. And there's, there's errors and concerns all over the pitch. They, they've got poor options in defence. There's no balance in midfield. And they, don't, they have forwards that can't score. They seem to create a, a reasonable number of chances, but they're not putting it away. And Paul Sheeran, the manager, is really struggling to get cohesion from this side. Uh, and that, that's bad enough, but it's off the park, as we've alluded to, things are really, really bad, where recruitment has been a shambles. They've gone through four different managerial appointments since 2018. So five, you want to count David McCracken and Lee Miller as the one? As, as different people. Fans are in dismay at the board. Relations, Prior to this, we're at rock bottom. I think they've, they've drilled through <laughs> rock bottom and they're going towards the earth's core, magma. I don't know if that's what's beneath <laughs> rock bottom. So on Tuesday night, the club hosted a question and answer session with the board of, and management at the Inshira Hotel in Grangemouth. Luckily for us, it was filmed in to YouTube. And what you and I are going to do, Sean, is we are going to go through all 104 minutes and have a breakdown of the night now. It kicks off. It's opened by Dave Mack, who I think is a, he does stuff for Falkirk. Um, does a lot of stuff for the club. I'm sure he was quite prevalent during the lockdown period. He was doing a lot of Zoom quizzes and, and so
1: on with the club. It was a good graphic. Yeah, he, I, I believe we've seen him doing uh, geography quizzes and maths Yes, that's for, really nice. Uh, Falkirk uh, kids,
0: focus mountain kids. That is very nice, and he's got—he sort of looks like a like a skinhead, uh, not not one of the ones that, that that beat up people, but the kind that just listen to music and and, and uh, drive Vespas around. <laughs> you know, just so it's just the mutton chops. So just imagine him wearing braces and a
1: pair of Doc Martens. I maybe when he was younger, I could see him like driving to uh, Brighton on his yes. Vespa. Yes, aye, and remember. listening to Madness. Yes, yeah, I can. I can see it as a way but, and bad it, manners. Maybe, I, I don't mean he had bad manners. I just mean he would <laughs> listen to their music.
0: No, he'd say, Mum, that's me going away. I'll see you later. I'll, I'll call you when I when I'm down there from my payphone." <laughs> maybe he listens to the specials. We don't know. But anyway, he has sideburns. That's, that's this is a, this is our Dave Mac, um, Dave <laughs> Mac fan fiction here. But um, Dave Mack, and it, he right at the very start, it's weird because there's effectively three presenters for this. You've got Dave Mack. Then you've got the chairman, Gary Deans. And then you've got Falkirk TV Stoods, Lewis Connolly, who is operating a laptop and, and asking questions off of, um, of that. And what I would say is the number of people, I've never seen so many bald people associated with one football club.
1: Um, but it was the bit where uh, I, I, I didn't enjoy where like you know so we'll get to it but like where basically two bold people were trying to wrestle with a microphone about five minutes <laughs> in was uh, was really good.
0: So it's uh, so opened by de- de- this guy Dave Mack and he introduces the chairman Gary Deans and it's brilliant because <laughs> he's like let's say uh, let's have Gary Deans no applause. There's applause, I think, that the, the Rollins, the, the couple Rollins that are sitting at the edge of the desk applaud him, but there's no no applause, and, and Gary Deans tries to make a joke about it, and no one, uh, and it really sets the tone for the evening, and he introduces a panel. There's Phil and Carrie Rollins, they're major shareholders, they've got 26% stake in the club. Gary Holt, the sporting director, gets a, a very muted applause, it's fair to say, when he's introduced. Paul Sheeran, the manager, Gordon Coburn, Colin McFarlane and Gordon Wright, who are on the board. And Jamie Swinney, someone I know uh, reasonably well from his time at Stennis Muir, as the chief executive. And Gary Deans talks about his time on the board. He's been in charge there since June 2019, Christmas 2019, when he became chairman, I think he said. But he passes over the microphone to Gordon Coburn. What did you make of this bit from Gordon
1: Gordon Coburn? See uh, see what I thought about this when I was watching it because I had so I didn't get around to watching it until today. Uh, and I'd read a lot of comments on on Twitter about it. And when Gordon Comer started talking, I kind of thought it was going okay in that he seemed to be suggesting that everybody at that top table, everybody at that table had to take accountability and responsibility for where Falkirk uh, where Falkirk were and where Falkirk have been for the last couple of seasons. And then, and I was like, well, this, this is okay so far. And then there was a pivot. There was a pivot that I wasn't expecting. There was a pivot that he shouldn't have went down. And I don't know that the, the, the scene, the, the clip that came to mind, rightly or wrongly, probably wrongly, uh, when I watched him, have you ever seen the, it's a clip of a, an Australian politician. <laughs> and Bob, his son begins with a K, I can't remember son his son was is, and he's talking about same-sex marriage. You can tell he's very uncomfortable with it. And he is quite cheery and quite jaunty. So you know something, if that's what people want to do, that's absolutely fine. And then midway through his speech, his, his jauntiness and he gets really quite he gets quite angry and his tone and his demeanor totally changes. And he says, But I'm not gonna waste any more time talking about this because every three months in North Queensland, somebody gets torn to bits by a crocodile. It's like, oh, where <laughs> is this? <laughs> where does this come from? And that's what I, that, that was the that, that kind of pivot that I wasn't expecting from Coburn when he basically, he kind of turned his, turned his attention on the fans and said that they have uh, an accountability and responsibility mm-hmm. as to why Falkirk are struggling. And as we've already mentioned, we've seen it at Dunfermline a couple of times at Wraith at, at Rovers and, and there must be other examples. Th- that never goes well. The fact that a club Turns their attention on their fans and says, "Listen, you're part of the reason as to why we're not doing very well." Oh, totally. Why? Why he wanted to do that at a time when I thought what he was saying was okay, and instantly, instantly at the start of a an hour and forty five minute meeting, the entire room was against him. It was a it was a dreadful start to proceedings. Definitely, that's that's something I got. I've I've, I've, I've basically
0: I've, I've made like several pages of notes here as I was, was going on, and he a couple of things that he said. And this seemed to be a common theme that recurred throughout it. It was that there was a real sense of, of it's not my fault. There was something he said, he, he, he joked about it. He was talking, Gordon Coleman was talking about how he'd been a Falkirk supporter for a long time. He'd he uh, been to see them in the Scottish Cup. We didn't win it. It wasn't my fault. He said it as a joke, but... Why are you joking about that? What, 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 that seemed to that seemed to be a, a common occurrence. Through it, it's like it wasn't my fault. And he said um, as well, had we had this meeting six weeks ago, this this happened as well. If you noticed that a, a number of times, through it, said, if we had this meeting six weeks ago, it'd be a completely different completely different story. Because of course, Falkirk actually had a decent start to the season. They picked up ten points from the first four matches, and then when he moves on to the fans being accountable, that's right. You're like hang on here, where's, where's he going with this? And he said, like, the behaviour in the past few weeks has been poor. Some people have taken personal abuse. And he said there's, there's people he's spoken to, families who won't bring their children to the games because of the conduct of some supporters. And then he said, and this was a bit that, that got the, the audience, people started grumbling. Players are frightened to do things in the park because they're scared of being booed by the home support. If you yeah. don't want to hear that, that's fine. If you don't hear that, that's fine. And then someday, uh somebody you could hear occasionally you could hear the audience chipping in. Um, somebody said, like, we're supporters, we're supposed to support the team. No, that's what he says to them. We're supporters, we're supposed to support the team. And you're like, fuck off. What are you why you say why on earth do you want to kick off as you say, why on earth do you want to kick off a, a meeting like like that?
1: That there, there is not a football club in Scotland, or, or I would presume anywhere else in the world. That doesn't boo when when things aren't going uh, particularly well. See in terms of the see in terms of the not bringing kids to the game and things like that. I, I, don't get me wrong, I don't go to Falkirk. So perhaps there have been examples, unsavoury examples of fan behavior. I, I'm not entirely sure. But imagine so like so my granddad started to take me to Wraith Rovers games, I was about seven or eight. And Wraith Rovers at that point were a kind of upwardly mobile club. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to go every week because Raythro was were a, a club that was doing very well. I would imagine that if you were a child that was getting... Imagine if you were eight, seven or eight, and you were starting to get taken to, to Falkirk Games five years ago, all you have seen in your entire Falkirk supporting life is a load of rubbish. So presumably those kids are probably actively saying to their dads or mums or grandparents, I, I don't want to go to Falkirk. <laughs> I don't want to go to Falkirk this Saturday. That presumably has a, a far bigger effect than every now and again, somebody is swearing yeah. near them, for example. Totally. You're
0: absolutely right. There's it's, it's, it's something they bring up uh, later on. They talk about fans through the gates, like fair weather fans he will just come up on a Saturday and go in. And it's very easier to, to attract fans to a inside. That's That's the way to do it. It's not going to be a couple of people telling uh, Charlie Telfer to fuck off when he when he passes it sideways, but then Gary Dean's takes a microphone and and, and he re-snatches it off him, it, snatches Always. it off of it and reiterates the point and says that the supporters are not creating a positive atmosphere for children. Then he complains that people are trying to talk over the top of him and they're being disrespectful towards the support. And then we are not blaming fans, despite the fact you've said your 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 uh, your counterpart has said you guys are as accountable as the players and the manager and the board. For where car, and then there's a really surreal bit Sean where Dave Mack interrupts to tell people where the toilets <laughs> are, and that there are no fire drills planned. And he says, if a bell goes off, run like hell. Basically, thought there's a a really bizarre insertion. This really should have happened before, off camera. That, that that he should have introduced that and done the housekeeping rules. But no, he, he interrupts uh, probably actually does well. In fact, I think Gary Deans will have thanked him for, for getting in touch to, to, to tell him that there's no fire drills planned.
1: <laughs> I, I I I got the impression that that during those first 13 minutes, Gary Mark was thinking to sell. Oh no. I've no told them where the toilets are or that the bar is open. Or if a fire alarm goes off, they have to evacuate immediately. I, I better do this right now. And and whether it was by accident or design, I did think it calmed down the audience a wee bit. Yes, actually that's a, a good a, point. a 90-minute meeting, or, or well, it was more than that, an hour and forty-five minutes. <laughs> and within twelve or thirty minutes, the, the audience were already dead set against the the, the panel and the board. And and Gary Mac managed to, to get them slightly back on side because they were all laughing about toilets.
0: Uh, just like that if the fire goes off run like hell not to say where the exits are the exits exits are here there's a fire door here just fucking get out of there people trampling over the top of one another to to. but then what happens I thought that the the next bit that happened Sean I thought this was perhaps the most distasteful part of the whole Q&A and this has been clipped online I think by um uh Bosnian football correspondent Sweet Ricky Wilson took out some time from talking about Slovenian football to put up this clip and it's of a supporter called Bryce Dixon who says he's been a fan for 20 years and he's come with a sheet of paper with bullet points on it. Very well-researched question and he goes through the the list of failings really since Gary Dean's became a chairman in 2019. He says there's four managers and throughout his time as manager, throughout his time as chairman, sorry, there's a 43.1% win rate which I thought was a bit high, but I'm sure Bryce has done, done the research, and said that to, to win and, and get out of League One, try to win League One, you need to have a win rate of about 50%. And he quoted the previous champions, that was Arbroath, um, Wraith Rovers and Partick Thistle, and said that over the last 36 games, they've got a win percentage of 33%. And to put that into context, last season, Dumbarton had finished ninth with a win rate of 32%. Bryce Dixon then goes through a list of players who he says aren't good enough. Akil Francis, Anton Dowds, a list of signings. You signed a player from Morton, one who's good, one who the jury's still on. You signed a player from Alloa, not good enough. You signed Jamie Wilson from uh, Dumbarton, not good enough. You signed four strikers with 18 goals combined in the past three seasons, not good enough. And asks, at what point are we going to see some serious change? Gary Deans stands with his arms folded... Folds his arms. He Folds holds his, his arms. arms. Before he says it, uh, it was a statement, not a question. Very dismissive. And the fans are, are... You can hear audibly in the crowd, the fans
1: are not happy with that response, and, and, and quite rightly so. I mean, I mean he, it's all very well saying that, that wasn't a question. However, his point literally ends with a question. Mm-hmm. And then it, the, to make it even... Odder was, well, that's a statement, not a question. And then he goes... However, I'll, I'll answer your question. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, again, uh, how if you want to get the room on your back, that's a perfect way to do it. Uh, uh, from a, from a, from the start of the meeting, certainly for that first kind of twenty minutes, they couldn't have done a better job at turning people against them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, absolutely, absolutely, and-, and he never really answered the Like he did not answer the question. No, he,
0: he started talking about recruitment. He, he started talking about, where, before he took charge, Lex Miller, the previous chairman, was in a confab with uh, David McCracken and Lee Miller. And he says it was a disaster. There was no structure. And uh, the recruitment has since changed. And, and then Gary Dean says, everyone needs, to make, uh, everyone needs to work together to make a change at this club. And says, if he was to step aside, that wouldn't make a difference because things have been wrong over many years, he jokes as well that if I stand aside, I get my life back and I'd enjoy my weekends more. And But he says it would make no difference uh, who the chairman was because the structure isn't right in place.
1: But if him if, see I, Again, and I, I don't know if he just hadn't really thought about his answer particularly well, but if him, if I'm stepping aside, doesn't make like, I think at one point he said, I'm not good enough to make a difference on my own. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. And, uh, Again, it was a, a kind of sad wording. indictment of his time at Falkirk. It's it's the the wording
0: of it. it's like just says I can't make a change, or if no one else can come in and make a difference here. It's just the, the wording. I know what he's trying to get at because he says like I can't do this alone. We all need to be working to working together, and it's fundamental that these structures need to change. And sort of you you would think as a fan, well, maybe we can change the structures, but with someone else. Leading the club, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But then a guy, Colin McFarlane, the board member, takes a microphone and said recruitment had been shocking over the past four years. Said that the high turnover of players needed to stop, and it will come. To, it needs stability, and this will come through our revamped recruitment process. And this was another bit that I didn't like. It was sort of quite disrespectful to former players. I think you can infer it without having to name them. But he said that, like Ryan Williamson, who they've signed from Partick Thistle, he's a better player than Scott Mercer, the right back. Aidan Nisbet is a better player than Robbie Leach, and and fans weren't happy with those comparisons. And look at the weekend: both Scott Mercer and Robbie Leach scored. Um, They played in uh, uh, Scott Mercer scored for for East Fife. Robbie Leach scored against Cove Rangers, and East Fife's four 2 one over them. And. You think that's really disrespectful for guys that I know they might not have been the best players in the world, did them a good turn. And I thought naming them like that, and then naming Lex Miller as well. I know he's not a very popular person around Falkirk, but I thought to to be, it just wasn't nice. I've been at meetings at Stenhouse Muir, and the managers that that I've seen, when when people talk about previous players or, or people that are perhaps no longer associated with the club, the managers are really quick to like to, to move on and talk about stuff that they can control, their own players. They might talk to you off record or like away from from folk and say, like, I so and so was shite. Broadly speaking, though, you don't name former players because that's going to get back to, to like Scott Mercer and Robbie Leach. You know, the nice boys that that like did their I mean like I say, not the greatest players, did their best for Falkirk. So I don't know, it's not
1: helpful to, to name them. And I think those comparisons, those comparisons don't really help. Aye, ah, it was uh, it was unnecessary. And, and bear in mind, one of the reasons that they gave, which I, d- I didn't believe in the slightest, which came up later on, was uh, the reason. One of the reasons that Falkirk was doing so poorly was because previous players were lifting their game uh, when they play against Falkirk. You, you would now imagine that the players that they mentioned, who they they felt weren't as good, uh, they will absolutely, if if they can, lift their game against them going forward.
0: But isn't it just Scottish football is quite a small place? So there'll be players who have who play, like see by their like their, their late twenties, will play for probably about five or six clubs. I mean, it's and then it, it's just that Scottish football is so small, and because you do play these same teams over and over again, that that playing Falkirk, I'm just trying to think of a guy who might have left a guy who might have left Falkirk, um Let's see, like let's see. I'm just trying to think off the I'm saying off the top of my head as I go on Topoker's Topo website. Say, for instance, um Mark Dernan, for instance. Mark Dernan, not not the greatest player in the world, not a particularly popular player at Falkirk either. Seems to be a running trend, actually. Falkirk, maybe Falkirk's recruitment is really bad. <laughs> There's guys that we are <laughs> listening that weren't fantastic at Falkirk. But say a guy like Mark Dernon, Allah, will he really want to raise his game against Falkirk? I, I probably. But I mean, is that
1: just nature? But that's not why. I, I don't understand that's why Falkirk are losing. But, but but you don't think it's one of those occasions where, let's say, Falkirk play anybody and the, their opponent on that day has an ex-Falkirk player or two ex-Falkirk players playing for them, and one of them does quite well. You, you remember that? You go, oh, aye, aye, that's somebody for Falkirk left in their game. But that might not happen five or six weeks in a row. You just happen to remember the players that do yeah. rather than the players that don't. And I, I, I never checked. I'd, I, if I'd had a wee bit more time, I would have checked. But there was a, there was a Pine Bovril post to say that Airdrie on Saturday, and to be fair, I haven't checked, so if this isn't true, then then apologies. But they said that there was nobody in that Airdrie starting 11 that had played for Falkirk previously, but Airdrie still bodied them 3 0. So that, that might not be true, and I, I've not checked Airdrie starting 11. But I, I, I sincerely doubt that Ed Falkirk's dreadful, dreadful season, uh, or two or three seasons, is down to previous Falkirk players raising their game against them.
0: I think you might be right, Sean. I'm just taking taking a glance at the the start, Airdray starting eleven, and I think you're right. Aye, like somebody put on pine balls. Well, right? like when Dylan Easton is playing for Airdrie and goes to Clyde, like that suddenly you get an extra fifteen percent out Dylan Easton because he's so determined to get it right up <laughs> Clyde fans. It's not the case at all. Talking absolute nonsense. But then um, we move on to the first online question. Uh, It's Lewis Connolly, as we mentioned, the Falker TV guys working the laptop, he says there's about 60 questions that come in. And the first question that comes in is from someone who says that nepotism is rife within the club and it is being run like a boys club. And this gets a bit of an applause. Gary Deans answers this. And denies nepotism, it says they're looking to professionalize the club. Jamie Swinney coming in as chief executive, a part of glowing, growing club. He says there's an undercurrent, perhaps, where people don't want accountability. They just want to see people walk if things go badly. And this is where he, he talks about the white teams raise their game against Falkirk. They're all trying to prove a point. And that provokes grumbles. And he says it's like a revolving door. There's no consistency, and this is something I wanted to ask you, Sean. That that was something I actually was a bit disappointed about. And nepotism is the word that was used here, and it was only used once. But Gary Holt signing his
1: son Luke to playing goals—it's not a good look, is it? I mean, I mean, it's not a good look at all. Bearing in mind he he has done nothing in his career to suggest that he'd be good enough for Falkirk. He was immediately loaned out to. Uh, was a great 2008 yeah uh, I, I I don't know if he's done particularly well there and I uh, the, the question the question wasn't answered it wasn't brought up again but I can see why it, why it was brought up because why why would you sign a goalkeeper who isn't good enough for for, for Falkirk? like I, I can see why nepotism was was brought up and it wasn't really answered correctly and mm-hmm. and again when you already know that you are not overly popular at a club, and there is question marks about their recruitment policy, and there's question marks about the direction the club is going down. To then give a contract to your own son, who doesn't appear to be good enough, it's always going to raise questions. And like there was, I'm not going to necessarily there was an, I'm not going to necessarily say that there was an arrogance towards how Gary Holt answered questions, but again, I didn't think he came across particularly well. Mm-hmm. We'll come on to Gary Holt shortly as we go work through them. But the third question came from somebody in the
0: audience, a boy called Ken. And I'll be honest, I've been at these Q and A sessions when an older person gets in the microphone. <laughs> and your heart sinks a wee bit and, and it's just like this is going to be really long winded and we're not really going to get to a point here and it, this kind of happened with this one uh, he said there was a couple of interesting things he said that the Falkirk board has spent too much time on constitutional matters they've, they've taken their eye off the ball on what's going on the pitch he says that the board members are clones of one another that Falker have got a great support one of the best in the country one of the top 10 in the country uh, may need to, I might need to see your homework there Ken um, and he says there's, there's perhaps too many players people behind the scenes and the money could be spent uh, better off funding the team he asked Gary Holt if he can make the dance off and I, I don't didn't know, know what that meant I got a bit of laughter uh, and then so Colin McFarlane answers he said the role of the MSG this is the uh, majority share group I think it was I think so I, it had to be addressed because that was sort of, that was a common complaint I mean you go in Pine Borough, for instance read the Falkirk thread the MSG were was really roundly unpopular uh, and they had no one with football experience on the board so that's where Gary Holt comes in he said that um, and this is where this is where Gary Holt chucks in and the first thing that Gary Holt says the first thing to say I can't dance and I think that's the sort of the I can see where Holt, what Holt was doing here in terms of just trying to be a bit Trying to be a bit of levity, trying to bring a bit of levity to the proceedings, but it just came across as well. he thought it was a bit of a laugh, and it wasn't because people are really upset about about what's happening. His job, people don't perhaps don't understand what it is and what his responsibilities are, and you're trying to have a laugh, and it just it just didn't really work. And I thought that he
1: uh, he came, he didn't come across well, but for perhaps different ways from Colburn and Dean's. No, no, very much so. I mean, he was. There was a few times where he attempted to be kind of Mm self-depreciating, I I think, and but but again, see when see when you have three hundred supporters who are who clearly aren't particularly keen on the direction the club is going, and and hold the board accountable to be laughing and joking or or attempting to make jokes. It's never going to go down well, and, I, and again, it's like a phrase that's used so much, but like reading the room-uh, mm-hmm. literally reading the room. And in this case, have <laughs> a few of them done it? Aye,
0: aye. Um, but Holt says that he doesn't pick the team, he's not in charge of tactics, not in charge of substitutions, he works in recruitment and says he can't always get it right, which really seemed to be Gary Holt's um, catchphrase for the evening. He seemed, <laughs> to, seemed to say that a lot. He said, Falkirk have had one of the biggest turnovers in players uh, in Scottish football. 65 players have come in, 63 have gone out, 13 staff have come in, 13 staff have gone out, and it's not sustainable in any business. He repeats what Coburn says, that if this meeting had taken place six weeks ago, people would have been content. And then there's um, a bit of disagreement between Holt and some of the, the, the supporters about players. I think there's a fan that's not happy with Leon McCann, who came in from Airdrie. says he can no win, win headers. It. I think he said he does headers. He can't win headers. Holt disagrees. And then you hear a voice in the background says your captain is moving around like a silent movie star, which I thought was quite a good line. Generally talking about Stevie Hetherington, we'll come on and talk about Stevie Hetherington shortly because he gets mentioned uh, specifically. But there's another bit here. This was another bit that, that I felt that, You're just taking the piss out of people. You're you're thinking people are stupid. You talk about Jamie Wilson, the the big dumpling striker that came in from Dumbarton. Now, I saw Jamie Wilson a good number of times last season when I bought streams for Dumbarton Games. I was astonished, one, to learn that he was still in the SPFL. Two, to learn that he'd gone on trial at another SPFL team. Three, to learn that that SPFL team was Falkirk. Four, that he got a contract at Falkirk, and five, that the contract was two years, 24 months. Staggering, absolutely staggering. But he said that that, that, that um Wilson, he, he tried to compare him to uh, like Aidan Keener and Anton Downs. Like, how many goals did he score last season compared compared to them? Uh, he said Wilson would come in as a, as a squad player he I, I, I talked about J, Jamie Wilson later on and saying uh talks about I, you didn't know how to do your job first time around but it's not as if that, that Wilson's like a, an 18 year old rookie they've picked he's up he's 23 he's 23 and he was a full time player at Cali Thistle am I right yep. saying yeah sort we going to Lumbarton. what's going on there
1: <laughs> I mean it's it, it just, and again I, I suppose it was just it was Holt trying to deflect Criticism uh, away, but when you are, as you say, when you're signing players like Jamie Wilson, who has somebody like East Sterling written all over him, yes, uh, that's the kind of level I would expect Wilson to be at. He's played for a couple of games for for Elgin. He's been substituting them both. He hasn't scored, and and I get that. That hope said, well, you know something, he's far better going elsewhere and, and getting games under his belt and, and yeah. getting match fit and they could come back to us there's nothing in Jamie Wilson's career that would suggest he's good enough for Falkirk. And I I would be amazed, astonished, if he would come back to Falkirk and be a success for Falkirk. And that's that's why fans don't trust yeah. Gary Holt to be up to, to the standards that they require in terms of recruitment, mm-hmm. because he's making decisions like this. And he tried to... There's a strange thing where he, he almost tried to justify it by saying, we tried to sign, was it 12 or 14? 14. 14 forwards, and he used examples of... He said I talked about Declan McManus. Aye. Scott Robinson. Scott Robinson uh, was the other one. But then any club can do that. Any club can 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 throw out a potential contract to a team, to a player that they're probably not going to get, but they're also not necessarily going to sign Jamie Wilson at, at the end of it either. So, so, so no, I, again, if that was supposed to be some kind of justification as to why you're signing players who probably aren't good enough for Falkirk, then, then no, it, it didn't strike a chord or go down well.
0: There's something else that he said that, that I, I think it was quite glossed over a wee bit, but something that struck me as well. He said, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And that's League One football. And I was thinking, well, hang on a second. Falkirk have been a League One club club for three years. Prior to that, they were... Uh, a. I mean I mean, the last five years have been dreadful. Prior to that, though, an upward-looking uh, championship club yep. who were always sort of in contention for, for the playoffs or getting promotion, could always, always be trusted to go on unreasonable cup runs. And and you think, well, just talking rubbish. Again, you're talking rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then fans started arguing with him. He says it's all about opinions. And at that point, someday as well asked about David Goodwillie. I, I, didn't really, I didn't really understand that point. No, I think that, that David Goodwill, I think there'll be dozens of chairmen around the country that will have, uh, David Goodwill who will have perhaps crossed their minds, but, but let's be honest, David Goodwill isn't the sort of You'll player. you will be a Clyde player forever. Aye, aye, let's, let's be honest. It went to Another internet question, does, does the board see changes that led to the collapse in form last year and why has there been a lack of progress in the first team? And this is Gary Dean's talking about this, and he kind of gets into areas I'm not too sure about, Sean. He talks about Alan Gow being at the club, was, was on the board, and, and he effectively had to have him as part of the board. They they say
1: in the matter. Even got to a bit more, uh, not, not political, but when it got to like kind of structures, I, I, was, I was very, very, I was, I was on less sure ground when yeah, it come so to that point. Right, pass on. He started
0: speaking about um, Lee Miller and David McCracken. He felt the club were losing ground in January 2021. Um, and when they returned to action after it was an eight-week break because of the the, the third lockdown, that um, they the returned to action march, the, the squad were dreadful, poor management injuries, poor squad. Uh, and this is where Paul Sheeran takes the microphone. And he's asked about why the club are in poor form. He scratches his head and says, I wish I had the answer to that in all honesty. Just the, uh, what you want to hear.
1: Just what the, you want to uh, To Paul Sheeran, I thought he... He didn't start off well, but I thought to myself, right, okay, you're doing okay here. But I thought with every with every question that he faced and every time he took the microphone, he got poorer and poorer. Uh and, and his last his last point was his worst, uh, in, in my opinion. And I'm sure I'm sure we'll get to that. He came across as a he came across as a, a, a decent person, I, I thought. Out of everybody that was sitting at to that top table that answered questions, I thought he came across okay. If I'm going to be honest, that I think he came across as somebody who would inspire a dressing room, I'm not so sure. However, what I would say is, I would say it's probably a different uh, situation trying to address 300 fans than a dressing room of of, of 18 players or whatever. It, it'll be, it's a kind of different skill set that maybe didn't quite have. There was someone else. He said that he said that the club Paul Sheeran said that the
0: team are. They're letting too many goals in and not scoring enough goals. <laughs> Great stuff. A double whammy. But he said that the blend isn't right. And there's a lot of players there that, that can't really fit into his style of play. Excuse me. I found this quite interesting because I thought, well, if, you're, if you've got a style of play and you've brought in effectively a whole new team of players, why are players in there that, that don't fit into the style of play that you want to, that you want to do? They come on to it later, but he talks about the fact that players were signed up. There was a couple of players that were signed up before they had a manager in place. And then sure, but surely if you've got a group of players and you're hiring a manager and a manager says, this is the way I want to play. And you're like, right, well, that's amazing. But these are the guys that you've got to work with. It just it seemed to be like, like a bit of backwards thinking. And that it's like, well, if you want to work this way, why have you signed these players? And then if you've signed these
1: players, why have you brought in a manager who wants to do wants to work this way? I didn't know if that was uh if that was a slight suggestion that that, that he isn't involved in the recruitment of players. However, that, that seemed to be addressed later when Gary yes. Holt said that Paul Sheeran was involved in the recruitment of players and he was involved in the recruitment process. But then I think they did also say that they started the recruitment process before Paul Sheeran had yes. arrived at the club. That's right. That's that's the point. That's the point. But, but then as you say, if, if if you're trying to recruit a manager, and you already have even like two-thirds of a squad of players and surely you want a manager who can say, yes, I can work with this squad of players and they will fit in with how I want to play the game. No, I, 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 I agree with you. I, I agree with you then. But a question from a guy called Graham
0: Stewart who's followed the club for 50 years. He said that the, he said Paul Sheeran could do a decent job with more money. Which again seems strange given the fact he's got the biggest budget in the league. I mean, can we say, has Gary Holt got more children he can, he can stay <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things he said, and it seemed to be a, it seemed to be a running theme throughout this, I think that the people who who got in touch and the questions that, that were read out was they thought there were there were too many people involved in administrative level at the club, like for instance a chief executive, a sporting director, and so on, and he said there were too many chiefs, and that a few years ago they would have been beaten Montrose by five or six goals. <laughs> Baby, it's not a couple of years ago, mate. It's a uh, 2021, um, and Paul Sheeran said that the the budget is competitive. Then Stuart hit back and said that um, Sheeran should be in sole charge of recruitment. If he worked in sales, he would want all his own staff, which got a bit of an applause. Sheeran responded by saying he is involved in recruitment, as you mentioned there. He uh, the whole had started putting the squad together before he joined the club. And he said that he he was quite uh, effusive of his praise of of maybe not so much of Holt, but of Holt's job, the job of the sporting director, because it effectively takes a lot of pressure off him in terms of dealing with contracts, dealing with agents and so on, and allows him to focus on training and working with the players. This is when Gary Holt stepped in. He spoke uh, 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 and expanded on the recruitment, proactive with with pre-season signings, said they've got a three-man panel that that pick players and and analyse data, but Sheeran always has the final say on the transfers. This is where he mentioned Scott Robinson, Declan McManus and and Jamie Wilson. And then there's a bit where where Mr. Philip Rollins takes the microphone and he starts by saying, I do not have COVID, but I do have a cold.
1: (laughs) At least he clarifies that. But like, I I expected them, like when he said that, I was like, oh, he must have a cough or he must have like really bunged up. It, it didn't really sound like. I, I don't think anybody would have thought at any point during this wee spiel that, oh, geez, oh, I hope he's not got COVID. Yeah. that's like my my my.
0: I don't have COVID T-shirt is that, making people ask a lot of questions about COVID. What do you make of Rollins then? Because I think that what I saw on on reading through Pine Bovril, a lot of people said he was one of the few people to emerge from this with with any with his reputation
1: not so much rep- reputation intact. Uh. I I can see that. He, he didn't say that much, to be no. fair. I, I, I don't know if what he said had had much, uh, I, I don't know if he said anything that was particularly weighty at any point. I uh, think uh, I did like he did say, he did say when he was at Stoke, the, the, the fans literally wanted <laughs> to kill the gym. <laughs> which I, I, I found quite distasteful. Aye, and he that, said actually yeah. they didn't.
0: But it's like he said they wanted to kill the chairman. They literally wanted to kill the chairman. I'm just imagining. They said, "What does he say?" They, they brought a coffin up, up, up the thing. I'm just imagining like Peter Coates getting his head kicked in and then being beheaded, and a lot of children like playing football with his with his head <laughs> around the Britannia Stadium. But I mean, he, you're right in terms of what he said. It was all like. And well not really interesting it was It was it, like he said that they want to make Falkirk great again
1: they need to invest in the squad but they also need to invest in infrastructure I, I, I thought there was I thought there was very little to it and and I it wasn't there wasn't anything that I could I could point to or or, or look at to, in terms of what he said to say that was silly or that was ridiculous or, or that was wrong mm-hmm. it was just it, 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 I, I started to zone out if I'm being honest at that point I, I thought there was very little to it it was yeah. all very uh it was all very, here's what we're going to do, here's what we would like to do. Uh, I'm not saying it was pie in the sky, but it was, it almost felt not that relevant. Yeah, maybe maybe pie at the top of a
0: tall building. There's an online question came, uh, and this was, I mean, by this point as well, Sean, I think that the, if, we're, if we're being honest, all the good stuff came at the start, all the real. The initial stuff. buzz had wore off. Kate came at the start, you're thinking, you're waiting for, go and give Gary Geens a microphone back so he can say something again here. But an online question came up and it said, like, costs have gone up while income's gone down, the sums don't add up. And he asked the, the chairman how they can maintain the situation with the club doing so poorly. And um, Colburn effectively repeated what Rollins said, said they're in the worst place in Scottish football, and that's to be a full-time club in League One. And he talked about the money involved, where you can get one hundred twenty-five thousand pounds for winning League One, and but if you finish tenth in the Premiership, you can get ten times as much as that.
1: I, I didn't really understand that point either, because presumably, let's say to to F, I think he said if you finish bottom of the of the Premiership, you get like one one point whatever million. But I, I'm going to presume that like your wages would have to go up uh, in, in accordance, because you're not going to have. Jamie Wilson on your on your books if if you're if you're Listen, in the Premiership. Can, this you imagine, a strange point.
0: can you imagine Falkirk in the Premiership with Luke Holt and goals and Jamie Wilson up front? My goodness, it would be worse than they'd be worse than Gretna. said they would be worse than that Gretna side. Um, but this, this this is quite interesting. They asked about they said they're not planning on being in League One next season. They're planning to be in the Championship. And I think this led to the questions about whether or not they're going to embrace part-time football, because that's a, that's a genuine concern. And I do think that Falkirk, as we mentioned, that, that Falkirk's support has allowed them to, to maintain full-time football with not very much money coming in. But there was, a, there was a, they said they, they've got plan A, but they've also got plan B, C and D. This is Gary Dean's talking here. They talked about an SPFL review that's being led by Dundee United and Hibernian about bringing more money into Scottish football. Gary Dean said that he'd a call with Dave Cormack. Never a good thing to say after Dave Cormack's out, outburst on Sports Sound on Monday night. Um, and he said that, that again, we're, we're going into a structural thing that I don't know too much about, Sean, but he said that as a fact there's going to be a top 24 clubs and he wants to make sure that Falk are, are part of that, that top 24. Uh, they don't want to be like Clyde. <laughs> who, who does? No one wants to be like Clyde. And now we kind of, a couple of questions here. My notes kind of get a wee bit short. In fact, I say my notes get a wee bit short. I've got loads of notes to, to get through here. The um, fan, this guy's Stuart. This guy's in the crowd. Been a fan for 30 years. Recruitment wasn't better than the previous season. You brought in Ryan wilson who's permanently injured. You signed Brad McKay in a three-year contract, who's no better than Mark Durnan. Talk about uh playing style. Other teams are scoring, like Peter Head can put five past Dumbarton. Dumbarton can put five past uh,
1: Montrose, was it they put five past them? Uh, I, I can't remember, but I, I, I remember the question. There's lots of teams scoring goals and Falkirk yes. are not scoring goals. And this
0: is, Paul Sheeran comes in saying, yes, we're not scoring. We're not keeping clean sheets. We're confident we're going to start scoring first. Uh, and, uh, but he is a bit worried about the defence. And then there's people chip in from the queue the, the crowd sorry and he I think he, I couldn't hear what the, the the question was but he says that the the players have he said he denies the players don't have heart. He says that the, the players are all all really trying. that's never something I like. I've never it's only happened a, a handful of times
1: when I have got the impression that players are only trying. No and I, I remember when see when Wraith ran League One there was a, a constant or struggling in League One there was a constant thing where there was a suggestion on Pine Bovril that part-time clubs try harder than, than full-time players. I, I could never really get my could never really get my head round up. And I, I don't believe it, to be honest. Another online question came in, Sean. This is
0: from the Navy Blue Group. Again, we know something about that. They asked Colburn the, about an offer, the size of an offer they put in for the club. A letter was sent in May and Colburn replies with Ed. do you remember what you were doing on the 14th of May 2021? I can't. And it's a game,
1: just stop being, stop being well, no, no, like no I, I can't remember what I uh done on uh, the fourteenth of May. However, I probably didn't get a letter offering offering me approximately five hundred thousand <laughs> to six hundred thousand pounds. It's if rich, I did, if I, did I would remember that and I would remember the figure. It's weird, Sean, because a lot of people
0: remember uh, the eleventh of September two thousand and one for a certain event. I remember. I that's not what I remember it for. I remember it for getting a letter offering me six hundred thousand pounds if they could buy my football team, which I I, I turned down. Then it's uh, this was interesting. This was, again. I don't know. Falkirk fans will know better better about this than we will. But there was the. the they were talking about the constitutional stuff and, and they, would they work with the Navy Blue Group in the future? Dean said, yes, but someone shouts out on your terms, then goes on to explain that they wanted to take charge of the club, but in too many conditions, sack this person, uh, get rid of this and so on. I, 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 uh, I get
1: kind, of, kind of above my head at that point.
0: If you know what's going on, uh, please get in touch. A big lad in a Stone Island jacket. I'm not going to make fun of Stone Island. I've got some of their clothing as well. It's very nice. But he said, this is something that we've touched on, Sean, that fans are the most patient in the league. Five years of junk, but about 4,000-odd turn up most weeks. Complained about Stevie Hetherington. Got applause from the audience. Won five out of their last 20 matches in League One, and it's not acceptable. Gary Deans agrees. Paul Sheeran steps in and
1: says, I'm scratching my head because I so want to be better. I was embarrassed at that point. See, see when I said that he started off better than he finished, I was I was embarrassed at that point.
0: Can you imagine Paul Sheeran so desperately trying to get it right? They actually
1: scratches through his head and into his skull. <laughs> was this was this the point where he started talking about the guy that was alone for Huddersfield? Or was that the next question? We're coming on to that. That that's bad. That's another bad bit as well. We're coming on to that. Uh,
0: there's a bit of back and forth about playing styles. The questions about the playing styles weren't uh, were all that interesting. There's one again. There's one for Don Smiley that says that Sheeran plays defensive football. Ball's not going forward enough. It's not sticking. They don't look as fit as part-time teams.
1: I think that's nonsense. I'll, I'll be honest. I, with f- from what I've seen, and uh, and again, I, I would like. The, I feel bad, kind of disagreeing with Falkirk fans that go every week, but when I watch. Uh, the highlights of Fokker games, it looks like they create plenty of chances, but just
0: don't take them. Aye. I think the fitness is a weird one. I think that's something like players don't try, the players aren't fit. These are, I always think that these are things that are just latched onto, that, that people want to start believing when their team's not doing well. And yeah. I just never think that's the case. No, I never, never think that's the case.
1: And also there, there, there probably has never been, and again, maybe I'm just making this up, but there, there, there perhaps has never been at any point where, part-time fitness has been a, as close to full-time fitness as there is now, at least full-time fitness at that level. No, I think there's... I think. There's so many part-time players are are doing their own fitness programmes in between their two training sessions a week. I was I was going to say that,
0: Sean. I think when, when I first started watching lower league football back in 2004, when I started going along to Stenny games, I think that the perception of part-time football was it, was it was just one step above junior football where it could be really like hatchet men roaming around the roaming around the leagues looking for people to kick, pot-bellied guys that perhaps like were talented but just couldn't run. And that's just simply not the case anymore. Everyone, like you go down the league, but even the bottom of the league too, everyone's fit as fuck. Everyone can can run in that. And I think that you are seeing that, that a lot of players are doing stuff over and above the, their training sessions. But I, I, I would... I, I don't know how how you measure that, but I think Paul Sheeran disagrees with that because he's got the data and can assure you that they are they are fit and they're running around. But it's just that's that's one of those things when you say that I got the impression that, that Don Smiley was just not happy with what she was seeing and like defensively. It was just the things she could cling to. Aye, defensive football and they don't look as fit. I, I mean, I, I've not been to a Falkirk game this season and I, I disagreed with that. This is the one you were, you were talking about here about Ernaldo uh, Krasniki. Uh, this is a question from Graham McNabb on the internet. Um, Stevie Hetherington slows play down. Fans really don't like Stevie Hetherington, but Krasnicki should be starting ahead of him. And it's got an applause. And that Paul Dixon, former Scotland international, should be made captain ahead of Hetherington. And uh, this, is the, this is the bit where Sheeran said, Herrington's is not undroppable, but he sees him as one of their most important players. To much incredulity from the audience.
1: It was the. Do you know something? It was the the Krasniki uh, description was the one that I thought was quite interesting because he. I wouldn't go as far as to say he threw him under a bus, but he said he still had a lot to learn in terms uh-huh. of Scottish football, or still had a lot to learn, uh, in a football sense. But however, what what we've seen from him so far is that... He actually doesn't seem to have that much to learn. Like he's performed pretty well so far from Falkirk, albeit he's had limited opportunities. But then, the other thing that I thought was a bit weird, he basically said that he said, I think he said, I don't really want to go into too many details. However, it didn't cost us too much money to, to bring him to the club. Like almost as if, well, we could essentially fill a jersey, or we could mm. essentially. Get another person to sit on the bench for not very much money at all, and like they wanted to create a link between Fulham and Huddersfield. But you would imagine with, with, and again without knowing too much detail, because I thought this last season when Wraith took uh, Abraham's it, uh, on loan from Fulham, yeah, like there was a suggestion that we wanted to form a link with Fulham, but Abraham's is so poor that he couldn't get a game for Wraith. So I thought at this point, right we aren't going to be able to establish a link with Fulham because they've sent us a player who cannot get a game for us. Mm -hmm. And it kind of feels like if that's how you want to create a link between Falkirk and Huddersfield, then he's probably going to have to get a game. Otherwise, they're not going to send you any other players. Yeah,
0: that's that's, I thought it was a strange one as well. I think that establishing links is a good thing. We're seeing it a lot in in Scotland. I think there's a Hibs. I've got one with uh, Brighton Hove Albion, a sort of strategic partnership I'm not sure how many players they've actually taken from. I think Aberdeen
1: have actually have got more players on loan from Brighton Hove Albion than. Then been. there's that strange one with uh, Air United and Burnley. Yes, I they just played a friendly against the under twenty threes.
0: Did they send anyone up? I think that was it, fans Nobody. were quite hopeful. Uh, but I think this is this is what they're trying to do here. But I, I'd be the same if I was. Uh, if I, you don't know enough about it, but. I would, I would assume, and I'm putting assume there in, in heavy italics here, that the whole idea is that we send our players up to you, they get game time and experience of playing first-team football, and we, you send them back and they're better players than, than when they came. But how is he going to do that if he's not playing the bench? And he's um, being picked, he's being put behind someone who the general consensus is not playing well at all. But he said he's a nice boy.
1: I like uh, remember when John Hughes uh, refused to pick Ryan Hardy, but he said uh, he would, he, he would, quite happily, if he went um, out with one of his daughters, he'd be quite happy? Yeah.
0: The, 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 the you man, I don't think, I know John Hughes might be a good laugh as a stepdad, um, but I can imagine being really competitive at like a family sports
1: day. I, I can just imagine I'm being horrible. <laughs> <laughs> <In> every sense, <laughs> in every single sense. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like uh, I wonder how he voted at a referendum to leave the European Union. Mm. Uh, then we got another. This was this was this was another question that wasn't very good as well. Somebody in the audience called Kerry uh, said everyone in the room wanted the same thing, but that he didn't. She didn't understand why they were losing three 0 against Airdrie and uh, Paul Dixon and Robbie Much, a defender and a goalkeeper were on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> I was just imagining it's 3-0 down against Airdrie Paul Sheeran swaps off the goalkeepers <laughs> Folk are going to one four three. 4-3 it seems strange but he said that Paul Sheeran made the point that Paddy Martin's done well since he came into the team and Dixon's form hasn't been very good over the last month and Paul Dixon would admit that himself and that provoked more grumbles from the room
1: Listen if, if bringing on a goalkeeper as a substitute when you're 3-0 down would keep Kerry happy then, then maybe you should try it next week
0: uh, the final question came from a guy called Scott Heron uh, who asked this. This was, well, They wanted to finish on a more positive and, and Scott said about the, the return of the academy when we'll see these boys in the first team and Holt was very complimentary about the academy. He says that they're, they've are they got two good sides. It's been run quite cheaply uh, they want to run it so you don't have age groups like nines and tens. It's only 16s and 18s. And he said that they're closing the academy. He wasn't at the club at the time but when he kept an eye out the club and so they'd closed the academy. He was disappointed in that. So that's good. And this is when Jamie Swinney comes in uh, and said, I mean, this was Jamie Swinney's only contribution to the discussion was right at the very end. who said, it's an honour to work for the club, uh, even although people might not necessarily agree that, that he has got a, that he should have the job. And that seemed to be a, 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 a couple of things. Gary Holt said the same thing. You might not agree with me. I might not agree with my role, but I'll do my best. Why are you saying that? Um, And they said, the club need to make the town proud of the club again. Um, Gary Deans then closes the question eh, and finishes by saying that supporters conducted themselves better than expected throughout. (laughs) They're kind of backhanding compliment, isn't it? Sean, how, what, what do we make of that then? So that's, that's uh, we've spoken about this for so far from, for maybe 15 minutes or so here. What do we make of that? That was 144 minutes there of the Falkirk board Q&A. What do you think?
1: I think the fact that they've put it online and the fact that so many fans of other clubs have said that they're actually annoyed at what Falkirk fans have had to put up with uh, suggests that it did not go particularly well and i am not saying that it's going to bring about any change but at the very least and to be fair it, it doesn't suggest that anybody at that top table or or very many of them at the top table could could read a room uh i'd, I'd like to think that they will be aware of how that of how that a is has, has, has come across because mm-hmm. it, it's come across so poorly and I, there was there was elements of it, perhaps later on, that you could say, right, okay, I, I see where you're coming from. But in terms of how a few of them conducted themselves, certainly in the early part of it, it, it suggested that they don't, they, they 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 don't necessarily, they they maybe they maybe hear the fans, but they don't necessarily listen to them. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think that that was the, that was the impression I got as well, Sean. I, I think that. Though, having watched it back twice, I remember that the first time watching it and being like, "My God, this is really bad," but the second time, being like, "It's bad at the start, like the the way they conduct themselves, but some of the things that that are being said from the board, they actually, that that makes sense. Like the idea of having somebody like Gary Holt there, maybe not necessarily Gary Holt, but a sporting director. To me, that that's that's really sensible, and I think that it's the recruitment thing." It needs to be done, you know. The, the, sorry, the point is, gonna be, it's sensible to have that. As Paul Sheeran said, it allows him to get on with the job, and and someone else, and, and hopes like oh, I can't even swear here, brother. The dog and I'm left to deal with, and it's like would <laughs> be, be funny. That's the to be funny all the time. Uh, but that, that, I think, that job is an important one. I think that the idea of having a chief executive is an important one. Somebody who is going to build. Uh, Build relations with local community, with local football. That's nothing Gary Holt said. I'm told to f off. Like these teams think I'm posting their players. I'm told to f off. I've, I've had phones put down on me and stuff. Like stop trying to be, a, stop trying to be a wise ass all the all the time. It's like these are important jobs, and I think a club of all size that do want to build these relations, it, it's good. They're the right things to do. And, and so you take away Jamie Swinney's role and Gary Holt's role, for instance. You've got money, imagine I don't know how much how what their wages are like, but you put that together. How many and you put that into the first team? How many players does that get you? And is that more important just for is, is the here and now? Maybe it is actually for like Falker just getting out of the division. Is the
1: here and now more important than making sure the club's on a good footing? I mean, I mean, they don't seem to think so. They seem to think that this structure is as best and if uh if if Gary Holt scouting players and approaching players means that Paul Sheeran doesn't have to get in, involved in the minutiae of uh, of recruitment and uh, contracts, and they think that's for the best. Then fair enough. And I think my problem with it is the structure. The structure might be okay for a club the size of Falkirk, even when they're in League One, but they came and, and I've used this kind of comparison a few times before. But they came across a wee bit like a, a really poor team on The Apprentice. So, like, see when, like, it, it's like a winter's day and you're trying to sell something at lunchtime to to, to people coming out of the offices, and it, and it's like the the dead of December, and it's like, right, well, we sell them warming, heartening soup, and they say, no, everybody likes ice cream. We'll try and sell them ice cream. Nobody <laughs> buys it because it's December the twelfth, and. That like for folk, it almost feels that there's, there's no repercussions of this moment in time for folk. Yeah, as an apprentice, somebody would get sucked. We said the- that we've said that a lot, Sean. That's something that you and I have said. We've spoken about folk
0: in the past in a podcast, and and it was like all the decisions that have been made. You go back to getting rid of Peter Houston was that 2017. Go back to go back four years and getting rid of Peter Houston. A lot. of This was all done. It was all done like with good intentions. It was all done with good intentions, the idea of bringing in Paul Hartley and bringing in the guy uh, Ricky Mitchell, his scout who would go and, and work with players south of the border and bring up, because Paul Hartley just simply doesn't have the time to be able to go and scout these players, that it seems like that's a good idea. It didn't work. So then you go back to you getting Ray McKinnon in, and you think, well, that that's fine, that's a decent idea. It didn't work. Then you then you try to undo the unpopularity of of Ray McKinnon by bringing in two players who were reasonably popular and, and cracks and big sexy. You tried to you tried to get them in. It, that that really didn't work because that that was that 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 was dreadful. They they, they were. They, they they were dreadful. They, the pair of them were miles out of depth. And then you go with um, with with Paul Sheeran and you and, and try to change the structure. And it's all good intentions, but it's how many times can you get things wrong without there without there being repercussions? That's as you say, how how many bad things can go wrong before something has
1: to change? I've uh, I've, I've said it before on the podcast, but eventually, if you if you continue to make if you continually make wrong decisions and supporters continue to drift away, then you eventually find yourself, as a full-time club, the, you eventually find yourself like J And j yeah. in the 90s were a bigger club in the 90s than Falkirk are now. But now j are playing in front of whatever it is, 800, 900 fans in, in League One. And, and even if they were to get promoted to the championship, you think they might yo-yo between the championship and League One? Like, you would you would struggle to think of j as being able to establish themselves as a second-tier club in the 90s they were, they were a big Scottish team and yeah. you're only ever a few dreadful decisions away from from that kind of scenario and 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 Falkirk I, I don't think Falkirk will reach that position uh, I, I still have enough faith in them and, and they have enough supporters still coming to games uh, every second week uh, in, in Grangemouth but they can't, can consistently keep getting decisions wrong because that is what will happen Ah yes
0: there's, there's, I, but, but, but are yeah, absolutely that's, that's Aye, it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's funny, like, for, for clubs, you look at, like, you look at Montrose, for instance, where, where uh, for years, bottom feeders, basement dwellers, like, a really dreadful side who almost dropped out of the the SPFL entirely had it not been for like, a, a thoroughly spirited performance against a Bro Rangers side whose best players were all the way in a stag do. But that's, <laughs> that's besides the point. But you look at that from a team who would really go nowhere to a couple of years later, or a team who are like, sort of like, for the last couple of years, consistent challengers for the top four in, in the third tier. A club who a lot of part time sides would want to emulate. And that is just through you get a good manager in who is able to sign good players. And it's a core of players who, from since winning the league in 2018, they still have those same players on their books. You have just changed them. And it's just getting one decision right. But compared
1: to like for other one decision that Falkirk have got right, you've got a million wrong more. I mean, you can, you can talk about boardroom decisions and whether they should have a, a director of football or whatever other positions they've got in the boardroom. But ultimately, it comes down to do you have the right manager and do you have the right recruitment? That, that's all it that really boils down to. And there's certain clubs in Scottish football that have done it very well. Uh, for, a, for a number of years even at part time level whether it's Montrose Our or Broth, broth. broth. Aloha done it for a, for, a, for a number of years and that's really all it takes the right manager and right recruitment and Falkirk have done neither of those things correctly for a number of years and that's ultimately that's why they are where they are We have got Peter Head away on Saturday how are you feeling about that one uh, I think they'll struggle uh, I, I think Peterhead I've, Peterhead are a weird team right? they're, they're kind of all or nothing they've, they haven't been drawn any games this season they've, they've won four drawn six they have scored more goals than anybody else in the league they, they appear to have hit a kind of a rich vein of form in terms of scoring goals they beat Dumbarton 5-0 they beat Alloa 4-2 away for home Falkirk look, they look kind of spineless a wee bit and, and rudderless and as much as a, as much as a, a Whatever it is, a four-hour bus journey shouldn't have that much of an impact on a performance. I kind of feel it, it, it probably will, and I, I think if Peterhead scored an early goal, I think Falkirk could could unravel. So I I don't fancy them so much at the weekend. Are you worried for for Paul Sheeran at all? Uh, yes, because it's not as if he had like he didn't come in with a, with a lot of goodwill. Like it wasn't as if he. It wasn't as if he was like a, a, a kind of folk legend. It wasn't as if he came in at a good time. He took when a long a, time. A, he, he came in, Was that? Yeah, I was going to say he took a long time to, to hire a yeah. manager as well. Aye, and he, I think there was a concern about the fact that he hadn't been a manager for, he'd been basically working at youth level for, for a long a long time and had a, a kind of okay record, I suppose, at growth. Did they win him a first league title? he's a legend at Arbroath. Yeah. I uh, had, had a decent record at a lower level. way are both, but they're probably never as much as they can say we, we've we've been patient because they still have three and a half, four thousand turn up every week. Uh, in terms of atmosphere, that they weren't necessarily going to be patient when they were were unsure about them. And considering they're fifth, then no, I, I don't think he is going to have a massive lifespan if this kind of form continues. No, as man. as Falkirk manager, rather than uh, potentially dying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My f- final question, Sean, is do you think they can still win the league? Uh,
1: aye, because they're not that far ahead and the other teams, even though they're ahead of them, have been inconsistent themselves and even Queen's Park, who I, I, I thought would do pretty well this season. They have a propensity for drawing matches and as much as Falkirk have been poor, Queen's Park haven't managed to 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 get too far ahead of them. That that six points uh isn't enough for me to say Falkirk definitely can't catch up with them. The only thing I would say is uh I I think this might be squad wise, this might be Falkirk's poorest in the third tier. And I, I don't think there is much at all between Falkirk and Queen's Park as a in terms of head to head squad wise there's not a lot between them. And it, I, I'm i going to disagree. Going to you there, man. No, no, I think they'll struggle to come back for this. I, I still think they will finish in playoffs. I'd be very surprised at that. Uh, but I don't think I'll win the league. I think Queen's Park will, will, will win the
0: league. And I think the, what we're seeing with Queen's Park, you can say that aye, they've, they've had a, a couple of draws, but th- they're still unbeaten. And the times that they, ha- they have had slip-ups here and there, and that's sort of a bit of self-destruction. But what we're seeing, I think, is that they're beginning to hit their stride, Queen's Park. And they've got Aloha on Sunday. I think I might go to that, actually. Got Aloha on Sunday. And I-, I think that's a good chance for them to stretch their legs at the, at the top of the table. I think the guys that-, that, for instance, like Mikey Doyle, who was a bit of a not very well-liked at Falkirk... Probably can- raises his game against them, no? <laughs> but he really looks brilliant at Queens Park. I mean, a really good player, which what League Two Player of the Year last year. A, a real player uh, reborn after a sort of indifferent spell at Falkirk. And I just think that there's a real a good feeling at Queens Park, and there just isn't one at, at Falkirk. So I think that I, I think that Queens Park will win the division now, having seen what Falkirk got to offer. And that uh, Q and A was a real glimpse into the turmoil that's going on there. I think that Falkirk will get into the, the top four. And that's 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 my shoot prediction.
1: But but not, not to get promoted. Well,
0: listen, Lightsman, we've been too a bit too sympathetic for Falkirk supporters. No, no, no. We want we we demand a fourth season. Four more years. That <laughs> is it, four more years. <laughs> and another QA. I give, us another, give us another Q&A next week you swines well excellent well, thank you very much Sean for, for agreeing to hang out with me this evening that was course, uh, thank you, entertaining uh, Sean and I are going to record a Patreon we're going to talk about the, the, the all the, the things doing Kirkcaldy uh, should, and that, should, that, will, that won't take long the world's quickest Patreon Uh, Tony and I did one about Edinburgh and ended up going on for 45 minutes but I think there's there's more to do in Edinburgh there's a lot more to do in Edinburgh than there is in Kirkcaldy but uh, nevertheless if you want to to listen to that please subscribe to our Patreon account there is tons of podcasts there's a podcast a day goes up there so you can't say that you're not well looked after you pay you pay seven quid a month Uh, that's that's buttons to you I know how much you earn you the listener I know how much how much you earn I know what you're spending on other things you could easily spend it on top quality podcast content content so give it a go and I always play a podcast coming and we I hope you enjoyed this because I think it's certainly something that we've not done before Sean I mean we we're, we're talking about a club that I mean we know quite a bit about but if you're not a support, I always think if you're not a supporter of a club you can't really get into the, unless you're a journalist covering them or a supporter, you can't even really get into the, the nitty gritty. So we hope that, I mean, that's just our feelings as, as football supporters. So well, let us know what, what you think, Falkirk fan or not, but uh, we'll see you over in the Patreon. So until then, uh, I'll see you later. Sean, I'll see you there. Cheerio. Cheers. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast
1: Network.